on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. All right, let's stand together and we're going to read something I wanted to read to you. I'm looking just to pull out some nice quotes from different people in history who had encounters with the Holy Spirit. Can we just pray right now? Father, we just thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that he is here right now to teach us. He's here to minister to us so that when we leave, we have been changed. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome in this place. We ask you in the name of Jesus, Father, breathe your spirit over this place. Touch our hearts. Touch our minds. Renew our minds. Now, will you just breathe a prayer and say, Lord, change me. Amen. Amen. Here's a great quote. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, wrote these words. About three in the morning, as we were continuing instant in prayer, the power of God came mightily upon us, insomuch that many cried out for exceeding joy, and many fell to the ground. As soon as we recovered a little from the awe and amazement at the presence of His Majesty, we broke out with one voice. And let's just read what they pray, can we? We praise Thee, O God. We acknowledge Thee to be the Lord. And from there, John Wesley, his brother Charles, and George Whitfield shook England and the early American colonies with the gospel. And America was bathed in revival at her inception because of this man and George Whitfield. And what happened to him first? They were touched by what? The Holy Spirit. I should say by who? All right, now here's Ephesians. Let's read Ephesians 1.13 and we can be seated. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, it sounds good to me, and you can be seated. I want to talk to you tonight about the sealing ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit to seal our soul. Now, I want to go down a little bit further and read one more verse. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now notice what he's saying. The Son of God says yes, and we say what? Amen. Son of God says, I'm going to take care of your needs, and we say? Son of God says, you're saved for eternity, and we say? Son of God says, I hear your prayers, and we say? Amen. Amen. All right, and through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. It's God. God makes us and you stand firm in Christ. You know, I learned a long time ago that Christianity, when you really come to understand it, it really comes down to what he's done for you and me, not what we do. Christianity is not a performance proposition. Are you with me? 
It's not performance on our part. It's what he did and what he continues to do. Now, the verse goes on. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Boy, that's just so powerful. Think about the time that you have have sensed his power, his presence, his peace, his joy, his love, more powerfully than at any other time. Think of your top experience with God. Maybe like John Wesley, you were knocked to the ground. Maybe you felt so overcome by his love that you had to say, God, please stop or I'm going to die. Maybe it was just an abiding peace and you really felt the peace of God and the love of God poured out in your heart. Think about the top spiritual experience you've ever had. And that is only a down payment. That's what he's telling us here. That's a down payment. That is an earnest. It's only a fraction or a touch or a glimpse or a glimmer of what is coming. When we are redeemed, our bodies are raptured and we are taken into glory. Take your best day with God and it's just a fraction of what it's going to be like on the day of redemption. It's a down payment. How many of you can say today the Holy Spirit was with me, speaking to me, guiding me? I leaned on him. He gave me strength. He gave me peace. He gave me joy. He gave me wisdom. He said, don't go there. Uh, you know, he, he, he watched over. You were aware of him in your life. Isn't that a great thing, the Holy Spirit of God? I love, I love the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for it. But what he's telling us here is that Holy Spirit living inside of us is a down payment. It's an earnest of what is coming. It's just a down payment. Now, we're looking at the sealing of the Holy Spirit, the sealing ministry of the Holy Spirit. We've read two verses now that talk about his ministry of sealing you and me when we get saved. Well, what in the world does that mean? Well, to seal comes from a word meaning a mark of ownership combined with a destination. A mark of ownership combined with a destination. I like putting it this way, signed, sealed, and delivered. We're signed, sealed, and delivered. When the Holy Ghost came to live inside of you and me, it was God marking us as his own. You might say that in our souls, he branded us, owned by Jesus. Owned by Jesus. Now, the sealing work of the Holy Spirit has marked us for ownership and for a destination. This is why Paul wrote, do not make God's Holy Spirit have sorrow for the way you live. The Holy Spirit has put a mark on you for the day you will be set free. How many of you have ever, you remember when you were first introduced to a black light? And maybe you were in some club or you put one in your room and you could put some kind of marks a lot on your hand that you couldn't see in normal light, but you put it under the black light and there it was. It was a little symbol or whatever, you know, if it was a club, whatever it was, only under the light could you be seen. But when that, it came under that light, you were marked. Here's what he's telling us. If we could see with God's eyes, all of you are marked. 
All of you are marked. You've got the mark of ownership branded on your soul. He knows those who are his. You've been marked. We can't see it, but you know, I find it interesting. The enemy wants to mark you and me. We know that his ultimate damnation on the lives of people in the tribulation period will be making them get a mark on the back of their hand or on their forehead. And when you've got that mark, Revelation says you're damned. You will perish forever if you have that mark. That is the mark of damnation, the mark of hell, the mark of the Antichrist. And it lets me know that he's always wanting, that is the enemy, is always wanting to counterfeit what God does with you and me. See, if, if, if you're going to avoid that mark, you need his mark. And his mark is in your soul. He puts the Holy Spirit to live inside of you, and that's his mark of ownership. And if you've got that mark of ownership, that mark is never getting on you. But isn't it interesting? God wants to mark you, and the devil wants to mark you. Well, I know this. I don't want the devil's mark. Not in any way, shape, or form, but I do want God's mark. If we could see through God's eyes right now, every one of you are glowing in the dark. You've got God's mark. Amen? You got God's mark. So he says, don't make the Holy Spirit grieved or sorrowful over the way you live because he has come to live inside of you and he has marked you for eternity. It's not just ownership, but it's a mark of destination. It's like being stamped. You got a stamp on you. It's the mark. And it says, heaven bound. You're marked. You're marked for life. Amen? Our destination is heaven, which will be realized on the day of redemption. The day we will be totally freed from our fleshly bodies and transported into glory. Listen again to Paul's incredible words. In just a moment, when is the day of redemption? Redemption means deliverance by payment of a price. To be redeemed is to be saved from sin, from death, and from the wrath of God. And to be saved for heaven and in eternity of peace and happiness with God. Therefore, we are safe and secure while in this life until we go home to be with God. Now, Paul speaks about this incredible hour. And I read this in any funeral just about that I ever, I ever preach because it's such a great, great passage. Listen to this. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15. This is the uh, Message Bible. He says, in a very short time, no longer than it takes for the eye to close and open. Let's do it. Close them and open them. That fast, that fast, we'll be here and then suddenly there. He says, the Christians who have died will be raised. It'll happen when the last horn sounds. The dead will be raised never to die again. Then the rest of us who are alive will be changed. Our human bodies made from dust must be changed into a body that cannot be destroyed. Our human bodies that can die must be changed into bodies that will never die. When this that can be destroyed has been changed into that which cannot be destroyed, and when this that does die has been changed into that which cannot die, then it will happen as the holy writings said it would happen. 
They said, death has no more power over life. Oh, death, where is your power? And death, where are your pains? Isn't that powerful? <clears throat> Boy, I love that. Why did Jesus come? He came to destroy the greatest enemy of mankind. And that's the power of death. He came to destroy death. Our daughter, uh, she works in a she works in a doctor's office that uh, deals primarily, well, exclusively with, with brain cancer. That's where Julia works. And today I took her some flowers. I just want to go up there and just kind of bless her. So I got some tulips in this real pretty little pot and vase and, and a little ribbon around it. And I took it up into her office and I wasn't thinking about where I was when I said this. I put it on the counter I said, now, Julia, this tulip, these, these blooms are going to die. But if you keep watering it, it'll come back to life. And it'll bloom again. And she looked at me and she said, Dad, I get your illustration. I didn't know I was giving her an illustration. But all she sees all day is people who are dying. But here's the deal. It says right here that though you die, you will live. Though the blossom withers and dies, there is a resurrection where he who has died will live again. And that's why Jesus came. So I took credit for the illustration. Oh, you finally got it. Yeah, that's great. I wasn't even thinking about it. But that's the power of Christianity. Now, let me tell you something. Muhammad never said anything like that. Buddha never said anything like that. You can't put Jesus in the same room with any other world religious leader. Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I don't just resurrect people. You get me somewhere and I am the resurrection. And though you die, wilt and die, you will live again if he is in your heart. He's the resurrection. This is the greatest. Listen, if this isn't true that I just read... We don't need to have another Sunday of church. I don't need to ever preach again. Because I'm not preaching motivational living or success for life or anything like that. I preach because I know Jesus came to forgive our sins and raise us from the dead. I know that. That's why I preach. And, and so there is no other person who said these things but Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so... This is powerful stuff. This is what we have been sealed for. We've been sealed for the day of redemption. I mean, we have been sealed as owned by God, and we have been sealed for a destination. The sealing of the Holy Spirit begins when we have made peace with God. The minute you repent and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and seals you. You're sealed. Signed, sealed, and delivered. At that moment of repentance, we are born again, are given a new nature, and we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us and seals us. The Holy Spirit's presence in the believer is God's seal. His eye scans the earth. And he knows those who are his because they've been sealed. They've been sealed. 
Scripture has a lot to say about the be- this beautiful ministry of the Holy Spirit, the sealing of the Holy Spirit. First of all, God is the one who seals. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22 says, God is the one who makes our faith and your faith strong in Christ. God did that. And he has set us apart for himself. He has put his mark on us to show we belong to him. His spirit is in our hearts to prove. Amen. So the father not only seals you and me, but the father seals the son and all believers. Listen to what it says about his sealing of Jesus. Jesus himself said, Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him the Father God has set his seal. So God sealed Jesus Christ, set his seal on him. We know that when Jesus stepped into the waters of baptism and John the Baptist put him under, and when he came up, what happened? The Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. And an audible voice was heard. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And here Jesus is telling us that when the Holy Spirit came upon him at the waters of baptism, God was sealing him. Put his seal on him. Seal of approval. Ephesians 4.30 says, we've already read it, but it's good to read again. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Read the next part with me, everybody. Whereby you are sealed to the, to the day of redemption. When the King James says unto, it means for. You have been sealed for the day of redemption. Praise God. This world is not our home. We're in a hotel. You don't stay in a hotel for life. You don't stay in a hotel forever. One day you check out. And we're in a hotel. This is not our home. We have been sealed for the day of redemption. Now, we are sealed because of our position in Christ, and Christ is sealed because of who He is. The Holy Spirit Himself is the seal and indicates we are owned by God. Now, here's another thing about the sealing of the Holy Spirit, the sealing ministry of the Holy Spirit. A new believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit when they first believe the gospel. How many of you can remember the moment you repented and got saved, His spirit testified with your spirit that you are now a child of God. You remember that? I mean, it was just a knowing in your knower. It was was knowing something in your innermost, innermost. There was a testimony inside of you. The spirit of God was the testifier. He was the witness. And the spirit of God witnesses to you and to me that we are children of God through faith in Christ and that we've been born again. And People can tell us what they want, persecute us if they want, make fun of it if they want, but that ministry of the Holy Ghost says you are now God's child and there is a knowing that nobody can take away from you. We've been born again. Amen? Thank God. Ephesians 1.13 says, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed, read it with me everybody, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now what is that seal for? It's for ownership and destination. You were sealed for ownership and sealed for destination. God said you are mine and I'm bringing you home. 
You are mine and I'm bringing you home. You've got, I, you're my child and I'm going to bring you home. Ownership and destination. Now, here's another thing about the sealing ministry of the Holy Spirit. The seal of the Holy Spirit identifies the believer as belonging to God and under his safekeeping. The believer will be kept safe till the day of redemption. You will be protected. People always talk to me about, well, what if somebody falls away? What if somebody falls from grace? What if somebody really walks away? What, what then, Pastor Jeff? I say, I don't know everybody's heart, and I sure don't know what God is speaking to everybody. I can't judge somebody who's out there. I don't know what's going on with them, but here's what I do know. I believe in the power of God to keep you. That even if you slide, even if you walk away, even if you get caught up in sin, I believe in the keeping power of God. And God's got a woodshed, and He will take you there. And he will wake you up and he will bring. Listen, the sealing of the Holy Ghost says, you're marked for ownership and I'm going to see that you get home. That's what it says. So I put more stock in the keeping power of the Holy Spirit than I do the power of somebody to walk away. And don't worry about them, worry about you. You're all God can handle. You got enough with your own stuff, don't you? Now look what it says here, Ephesians 1.13, it's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. See, this is why the Bible says where we really are. Do you know where the Bible says you are right now? Say with me, right? I'm seated in this church. Can you say, well, I'm seated. When I look at you, I see people seated in a church on earth. But here's what God says. You're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can we understand this about God? God doesn't deal in time. God deals in his own reality. He doesn't deal in time. We deal in time because we're finite. We are limited. We are born, we live, we die. There's a beginning and there's an ending. Not only to us, but everything around us. But God doesn't deal in time. He deals in eternity. And God's reality is this. Catch this. My work in Christ was so perfect, so absolute, so bulletproof that as far as I'm concerned, you, the redeemed, are already here. Now, you need time to get you here. But in my mind, says God, you're already here, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's just a matter of us going through some time to get there. But see, to God... When something begins, he's already ended it. It's hard for us to think this way. But that's why he says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. He says, in my mind, you're already here with me and Jesus and the angels in heaven forever. You're seated 
in heavenly places in Christ. But as far as you and I are concerned, you're seated here in Turning Point Church on a Wednesday night. What are you doing here on a Wednesday night? <coughs> Look what God did with you. Think of what the rest of the world's doing. And here you sit in church on a Wednesday night listening to the Bible? That's because you've been redeemed and you've been born again. And you've got a different nature. And God says now, you're redeemed, signed by Jesus' blood, sealed and delivered. You're already in heaven. In God's mind. Amen? Now, here's another thing about the sealing of the Holy Spirit. The seal of the Holy Spirit signifies ownership. And in this case, it signifies God's ownership of believers. Let's look at it again. 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this what? Seal. The Lord knows them that are His. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, the Lord knows your name. The Lord knows those that are His. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. How come? Because he knows who you are. The Lord knows those that are his. The Lord knows. He knows your name. He knows where you live. He knows what you think before you think it. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. You're marked. And because you're marked, he knows those that are his. So if you ever have that little impression strike your mind from the enemy, he's not listening to you. He doesn't even know you're alive. Go do your own thing. God doesn't care. Uh-uh. You need to remember, you're branded on the inside with an ichthus, a fish. He branded you. It's with the Holy Ghost. You're marked, and he knows who you are. And you're marked for a destination, the day of redemption. Sealed. Now, the seal of the Holy Spirit signifies something that is unchangeable. Unchangeable. Esther 8.8 says, Now write another decree in the king's name, in behalf of the Jews, as it seems best to you, and seal it with the king's signet ring. Now, the only reason I pulled this verse out is because this is the days of Esther, and of course, there was this huge attempt to exterminate the Jewish people. And... Now Esther is seeking the seals, the seal of the signet ring of the king. Because once he put his signet, his seal from his ring on something, it was unchangeable. It was done. Final. And this is why I pulled this out. For no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. Now if that king in Persia had that kind of power that just putting his signet, his, his ring on a document was unchangeable. You could not revoke it. Where does that put the seal of the Holy Ghost on the life of a believer? It cannot be revoked. It can't be revoked. Can you say, I am his and he is mine? His banner over me is love. And no one and no thing can pluck me out of his hands. Give the Lord a hand of praise. <clears throat> Amen. So, you know, I picture this king, you know, serious ring. It had to be just one serious ring. Here's my wedding ring. And 
let's just say it's a signet ring, he would get a document. And everybody knew if he pushes that ring down on that document and seals it, it's unrevocable, irrevocable. It can't be changed. Now, here's what God does. The minute you say, Jesus, forgive me, I've been a sinner. Come into my heart. He reaches down with his Holy Spirit and he puts his seal on your soul. And it cannot be revoked. It cannot be revoked. It cannot be revoked. Amen. Sealed. If you leave with anything tonight, I want you to leave understanding that you have been sealed with a greater than the king's ring. Amen? The seal of the Spirit testifies that we have entered into the finished work of Christ. Now, here's another fact about the sealing of the Holy Spirit. It signifies something of value. For instance, speaking of his judgments in the earth, God says through Moses in Deuteronomy 32, he says, speaking of his judgments, that's what he's talking about in the context, is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures? His judgments. And here's the gist of that verse. What God values, he seals. Let's flip it. He's not going to seal something that doesn't have value to him. So you have been sealed because you have value to God. Amen. Praise God. Now, lastly, the Holy Spirit is given to believers as the earnest of our inheritance. Let's look at this a little bit stronger and we'll close tonight. Now it is God, says Paul, who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, and read it with me, everybody, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. You know, I know I talk about my dogs a lot. I know I do. But I got to tell you, when I got little Ollie that I talked about Sunday in the second service, I got him two Christmases ago. When I got him, took him home. Within two or three days, I took him to a little pet store and I got him a little ID tag, Ollie, with a little date on it and my phone number. Because I wanted anybody who found me to know whose he was. And when something is valuable to you, you want to seal it. You want to identify it. You, you want to you make sure that everybody understands there is a possession. All right? Now, if I can do that with a little dog who's going to perish someday, which I can't stand to think about, but it's going to happen, I think this is what God did. As soon as you became his child, he sealed you so the devil knows whose you are, so the world knows whose you are, and so you know whose you are. If Ollie could read, he can't, but if he could, he'd look and see, Ollie, who gave me that name? He did. You are God's child. He sealed you. You've been ID'd. And isn't this powerful? It is God who seals us and gives us the earnest of the Spirit. The word earnest as used here means part payment, part payment of that which will be paid in full in the future. 
Paul said, swallowed up in glory is what we will be. At the moment we believe, we receive the indwelling Holy Spirit, which is a part payment of the things we are to receive. Can we stand together and let's read the last part together. Are you ready? Read it with me. Since Jesus Christ gave his life for you and me, we can say he purchased us. Therefore, since we have now given our life to God, he has sealed us with his spirit. And thus we are safe and secure until the day of redemption. The Bible tells us that God is all-powerful, so no one can undo God's seal on our way to heaven. Praise God. Amen. Well, we're going we're gonna to have one or two more Wednesday nights on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And then I'm going to start a new series I'm going to call Seeing Red. Seeing Red. And I'm going to do a series on the blood. I want you to understand the power of the blood of Christ that has covered you and redeemed you. Because of that blood, we have the things we've talked about tonight because of the blood. So Seeing Red, probably in February, we're going we're to start that one. Great series. But how many of you are thankful now for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the sealing ministry? Can you say it with me? Amen. Go ahead and praise God. Thank you, Lord. Can you say it with me? Signed, sealed, and delivered. Now praise Him one more time. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who has been sent to live within us. And ever since that great hour when he did, we were marked with your ownership and we were marked for a destination. Thank you, Lord, that he who has begun a good work in us will finish it till the day of our redemption. Thank you, Lord, that as far as you're concerned, we're already in heaven because of the finished work of Christ Jesus. Can you just breathe a prayer of thanksgiving to God and thank Him for the Holy Spirit? Just thank Him for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Think of how the Holy Spirit has changed you and just thank God for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, Kathy, you have an announcement before we go? Yes, I just want to remind everybody, we've told you before, if there really is a chance of an inclement weather and if the snowmen aren't just, uh, weathermen aren't just <laughs> saying snow and ice.